Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We are in the final installment of a series called Make Room. Somebody say, Make Room. And uh, this has been a powerful set of teachings, I believe, creating space for the presence of God, for the power of God, for the supernatural among us. I know last week, if you were here, didn't Pastor David Ray do a fantastic job? Whoa. All day. Somebody say all day. day. David Ray. Because we can listen to him preach literally all day. And then Wednesday night, I don't know if you were here Wednesday night, but you had a chance to hear from Baby Blue Eyes, Johnny Green, and one of the great teachers. Man, between David, Johnny, Terry, the staff, we got some awesome preachers and teachers, do we not? It's like every Sunday is All-Star Sunday. I just love it. And it's all about Jesus. It all points to him. And uh, so this has been fantastic. We're going to finish this series, uh, Make Room, today. Um, Let me ask you this question. How many of you have a favorite room in your house? A place that's just your space. It's where you like to go. It's carved out, you know, specifically for you. I I like being in my living room because that's kind of where most of the traffic is. I've got a a special chair. It's kind of my chair. The kids know, do not sit in that chair because that it's conformed already and shaped to fit my body. And it's got a little stool, and I prop my feet up on the little ottoman, and I sit in my chair. I'm comfortable. I I read my Bible in that space. Uh, I study right there in the chair. I watch LSU dominate from that chair. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're still champions. I want to talk to you about a special room. Speaking of make room, there's a a significant room in the Bible in Acts chapter 2. It's called the upper room. And I want to talk to you today about creating space for the Holy Spirit. The the final installment in this amazing series is making room for the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, before we jump into Acts chapter 2, just to give you a little background, Jesus, in some of his final moments here on earth, was preparing his disciples. I want you to hear this. Great leaders prepare their team, not for their presence, but for their absence. And Jesus was preparing his disciples for his exit. They didn't know it, but Jesus actually told them, hey guys, look, gather around. Uh, In just a little while, I'm going to be gone, but it's better for you that I go. Somebody say, huh? Now, if you're one of the 12, I mean, you've given up everything to follow Jesus, right? You've left your family, your job, I mean, you know, your, whatever dreams that you had, you set it to the side and said, Lord, we're going to come after you. We're hanging all of our hopes on you. And, and now you're saying it's better for us that you leave. Where are you going? How I many you might be a little disappointed? You, you can't, I gave up everything to follow you and now you're, you're leaving and you're telling me it's better for you that I go? How many ever thought what life would look like if Jesus were literally with you, right there beside you, everywhere you go? How many of you, that may change your day a little bit? That may change the way you drive. Come on, somebody. It changed your conversation just a touch. Jesus came with you, and there he is in his Air Jerusalems. 
Air J 360s. Come on, he's got his robe on, you know. He's, you know, eating some pita bread and hummus, and he's following you everywhere. Jesus with you is awesome. I mean, you know, if I had Jesus with me in the flesh, and I only had one Pop-Tart, Jesus could pray over that Pop-Tart and turn it into 5,000. Thank you, Lord. If Jesus is with you and you're walking down the road and a dog runs out in the street and gets run over and, and killed by a car, Jesus could literally raise that dog from the dead. If you're walking down the road and a cat runs out in front of the, 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 a car and a car runs over and kills it, Jesus would do the funeral right there. <laughs> See, even Jesus don't like cats. Come on, somebody. I'm teasing. Please, that was a joke. Don't send me any emails, all right? I'm glad you love your little furry friend. I don't like cats. You see, Jesus with you is good, but Jesus in you is better. And see, when Jesus was telling his disciples, it's better for you that I go, what he was preparing them for was the presence of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter two, verse one, this is the day of Pentecost. I want to give you a little bit of, of background and then jump right into this, okay? Uh, because, in fact, I'm going to give you the answer before the test even comes, all right? The three things we're going to talk about today are power, direction, and change, all right? There it is, power, direction, and change. If you need a little bit of that, that's what this message is about. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. History tells us that there was an upper room in which they gathered. Some scholars believe this was the same upper room that Jesus shared his last meal with his disciples. Now, Jesus had already been crucified. He had been raised from the dead. He appeared to about 500 people, and he ascended into heaven. But before he left, he told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. And so there they were in this upper room, gathered together in one place. The Bible says, verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Now, this was the day of Pentecost, the feast of Pentecost, which actually took place seven weeks after Passover. Passover, in which we, we celebrate Easter. Seven weeks after that is this celebration called Pentecost. Now, ancient Jews would, would bring their first fruits. This was a, a harvest or a feast of weeks that they would celebrate the provision of the Lord. But also, this is where the Jews recognized that God had given the law of Moses to his people. In fact, for those of you that are Bible scholars and you're into digging deeper, this Acts chapter 2 parallels Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus 19, the Bible says that there was thunder, there was lightning, there was smoke, there was fire, the mountain shook, and God came down and he gave them the Ten Commandments. In Acts chapter 2, you're going to see thunder, you're going to see lightning, you're going to see smoke, you're going to see fire. The place is going to shake, and guess what? God is coming down. The Bible says that there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. I guess it might have sounded like a hurricane. How many know that in Louisiana, we understand that dynamic? That when a hurricane comes in, it goes wherever it wants to go. There is 
powerful force in that storm. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, the Holy Spirit is all about bringing power to his people. On the day of Pentecost, when they were gathered in that place and they were praying, the Bible says something supernatural began to take place. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you could use a little additional power in your life? Uh, You know, God doesn't want you to just struggle and barely get by. In fact, that's why Jesus promised those believers. He says, it is better for you that I go because when I go, I'm going to send someone to you and he's going to help you. And you're not just going to struggle to figure life out. You're not going to just live barely getting by, but you are going to move forward in power and strength. Can I have a good amen? Now, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. Monday, I was bringing my son to school, and, uh, and I was on the roads with the rest of y'all. Now, listen, I love you, but y'all are in my way, okay? Monday, I got to get somewhere. I got to get that boy to school. And we rolling down Airline Highway, and man, we take a, take a left and right, and I, was, I think I was near Sherwood Forest. I was headed to Perkins, and my car, now I, I drive a, a 2008 Honda Accord. See, me and Jesus, we're all in one accord. Come on, somebody. And as I'm driving down the road, all of a sudden, my car begins to shake. Okay, it's almost 200,000 miles. Best thing about her, she's paid for. Come on, somebody. That's my baby. I got to take care of her. She's taking care of me. She starts shaking. I'm thinking, man, is this the day of Pentecost? What's happening here? And it was kind of like, you know, I would press the gas pedal down, and it was, and it starts slowing down. And man, the, 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 the check engine light came on. How many of you got a check engine light right now on your car? Yeah, I, I talked to a guy a long time ago. He said, listen, that, that check engine light has been on for months and months. I just put a piece of black tape over it so I don't look at it. <laughs> and it started flashing this little symbol on my dashboard. I'm like, Trevor, get out the, the, the owner's manual. Get in the glove box and, and see what VSA stands for. And he's, Dad, I can't find it. Look in the back, the end, VSA. What? Oh, it's, it's, it's vehicle stability assist. I'm like, oh, I need some help here. What page? 253. Turn to two. Read it to me. You know, and now we're, we're slowing down. I can't go over 20 miles an hour. Okay. I am that guy that is holding up 20 cars deep. If you were on the road Monday, that was me. Okay. Please don't fuss and cuss. That was your pastor. All right. I mean, so I'm like Mr. Magoo, you know, or, or Mr. Bean. I don't know. And then I'm stacking up all these guys on bicycles passing me up. Literally, I saw a grandma. She passed me and kind of gave me that look like, what's your deal? I'm like, woo, woo, woo. I, I, I finally got him to school. I barely made it home. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what the problem is with the Honda. I put the pedal all the way to the floor, but she had no power. You see, some of you have been living life doing everything you know to do, but you got no power. Why am I struggling? Lord, you know that I love you, but why is it so hard to do the right thing? Why is it so hard to make some of these decisions? Why do I feel like I'm giving it everything I have, but I don't have the... You see, the scripture says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power. 
Somebody say power. When will you get this power? When the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. Now that word power in the Greek is the word dunamis, D-U-N-I-M-I-S, dunamis. And it's the same word that we get for the word dynamite. How many members watching old JJ back in the good time days? Dynamite! But you shall receive dynamic power. Is anybody interested in that? You see, Jesus died to give you something so much greater than what some of you are experiencing. Why is it that you need power? You know why? Because the devil's coming against you. You know, when you say, I love Jesus, you are a marked man. You're a marked woman. When you declare your love and loyalty to the things of God, you are automatically put at odds to the spirit that's in this world. You know, temptation is a real thing. Now, let me ask you this question. Who was the strongest man in the Bible? Samson, right? Samson was, nobody was stronger than Samson, this big hulk of a man. But guess what? He made some poor decisions. Listen to me. Samson was the strongest man in the Bible, but sex got him. Who's the smartest man in the Bible? Solomon. Nobody had more wisdom than Solomon. But listen, sex got him. Who's the most spiritual man in the Bible? A man after God's own heart. David. And listen to me. Sex got it. It doesn't matter how strong you are, how smart you are, or how spiritual you are. Hear me, the devil's coming after you. And God knew that you couldn't defeat the devil in your own strength. Listen, it's not by might, it's not by power, but God said, it's by my spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need power. The Holy Spirit. Listen, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to overcome temptation. Some of you are battling feelings and emotions. Uh, There's a, a spirit of darkness or depression that's coming against you. There's a discouragement that you live in every single day. Some of you feel worthless. You don't even love yourself. It's hard for you to love others because you don't even value who God created you. Listen, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of you got some habits, some things that you've just always done. I heard a story recently about a father and son walking down the the road and the father had a handful of seeds and he took the seeds and he threw them on the ground. He said, son, pick those seeds up. So the son bent down and picked him up. Then they walked a little further and they saw a a, a tree that had, a young tree had been planted in, in the ground maybe several months. He said, son, now pick that tree up. And so he pulled and he pulled and he tried to get the tree out of the ground, but he couldn't. They walked a few minutes later and they see this huge towering oak tree. He says, son, now pick that thing up. Well, the son didn't even try. You know why? Because those trees had developed roots. It's easy to pick up a seed before it's planted. It's easy to break a habit early on, but when that habit begins to develop a root system, some of us don't even try. Come on, somebody. Some of you have stopped trying and you've just resigned to the fact of, well, that's just the way it is. My grandfather was like that. My father was like that. It's been in my family forever. My dad was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. I'll never break that bondage or that addiction. And the enemy wants you to live in bondage, but Jesus says, I'm sending you power. 
And that power inside of you is greater than any habit, than any addiction, than any struggle. Listen to me. No chain. The Holy Spirit can break every single chain in your life. Temptation, habits, bondages, struggles. Listen, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful. How many choose to be powerful? Okay, listen, then we're saying, Lord, I need what you've promised. Then we've got to open up our heart for the Holy Spirit. The scripture says in Romans 8, 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, where is he? He's living in you. Sometimes we don't make good use of the power that's available to us. He's in you. You see, in Exodus 19, when God gave them the law, that law was written in stone. But in Acts chapter 2, that law was no longer written in stone. It was written up on their hearts. That power was no longer through Moses and a staff and stone tablets, but it came through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. I think if Moses could look down upon us, as powerful as he was then, he may be jealous of what we have now. Because he, one day he was, uh, was prophesied that there would be a Messiah. And, and one day there would be a power. But you know what? That day didn't come until the day of Pentecost. You see that power, it dwells and lives inside of us. And let me just say this too. Because I know sometimes when you talk about the Holy Ghost, people get a little freaked out. They do. I get it. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. How many know some weird people? Don't point at anybody in here. The Holy Spirit gets a bad rap sometimes because people do weird stuff and then he gets blamed for it. I'm not talking about weird stuff and I'm not talking about a, a spiritual class system that says, well, if you have the Holy Ghost, then you're more important than those who don't have the Holy Ghost. Listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. Hello, can I have a good amen? How many know you're not that good? And I'm not that good. And God knew that, so he sent us the Holy Spirit to make you better than you. Somebody say power. So man, that, that, that wind storm and that sound of a mighty rushing wind, the building is shaking. Look at verse three. Then what looked like flames, flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Notice there was a rushing mighty wind, that's power. But then there was this fire, this flame. You know what that fire represents? Direction. Now, now let, let me show you this, and you'll see this all throughout the Bible, but all throughout Scripture, you'll see fire as a type of the presence of God. Think about this. When God first showed up and spoke to Moses, how did he do it? Through a burning bush, right? Remember, that bush was on fire, and it wasn't consumed, and so Moses' curiosity overcame his comfort, he had to turn aside to see what, what's going on here in this bush. Well, that was the presence of God talking to him. And remember then, once they were released from Egypt and they, 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 they journeyed in the wilderness, remember what God gave them? He gave them not just a cloud by day, but 
a pillar of fire at night. And as long as they followed that fire, it gave them the direction that they needed. Are you with me? Now, let me say something here, and I want to I pastor you through the next portion of this, okay? I want you to hear my heart as, as the shepherd of, of your soul. I, I love you. I care for you, and I, I, feel, I feel so motivated in this direction as it relates to this particular aspect of the Holy Spirit because we live in a culture that is totally confused. The devil is the king of confusion, do you, have you seen that? I mean, do, do, when, you, when you, you look at what's happening in the world today and sometimes, you know, stuff that gets posted on social media and you're thinking, man, what in the world is happening in our country? And, you know, man, there's, there's chaos. I mean, there, there really is. Somebody has kidnapped common sense. You ever just think, what are these people thinking? And then you just, the, the devil is the king of confusion and he wants to confuse people. We live in an age of so much chaos and confusion. People, and the Bible says this in the last days, people will ever be increasing in knowledge but unable to come to the knowledge of truth. How many know on your cell phone, you, have, you can do a Google search and a matter of seconds have hundreds of thousands of results on a topic that you never even thought of. But somebody's done research. I mean, there's so much knowledge. This is an information age. We have more knowledge now, but it's amazing how we have more confusion now. The devil wants to confuse people as it relates to sexuality, sexual expression. The devil wants to confuse people as it relates to to marriage and the sanctity of marriage. There's such a question now on where does life begin? You know, all of these issues, gender identity, there's so much confusion in the world. And yet the Bible says God will give us the Holy Spirit as a flame, as a fire to direct us in the midst of darkness. You know, in this, in this culture, we've gotten so far away from truth that we barely recognize it anymore. In fact, I want you to just listen to this statement. George Orwell said this, and I think this is profound. He said, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. Do you know the devil's trying to silence your voice? Silence the voice of the truth? He's trying to silence the church? But the Bible says we have the Holy Spirit and fire. And if we'll just follow that fire, Check this out. John 14, Jesus said this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, which means comforter, encourager, helper. In fact, the Greek word there is the word paraclete, which is the word for come alongside, someone who will come alongside. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is a guide alongside. There's where direction comes from. I'm going to send the advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. The good news is this. You can have power to overcome addiction, but you can also have direction in the midst of darkness. You don't have to be confused. The Holy Spirit is an expert when it comes to sex. 
He's an expert when it comes to finances. He's an expert when it comes to relationships. He's an expert when it comes to raising kids. He's an expert when it comes to business decisions. Are you with me? How many of you want the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to direct you in all areas of your life? Oh man, I'm just so excited about this right now. I don't know what to do with myself. I may just run all over this stage, bless God. We have that in us. I I remember as a college pastor, kids would ask me all the time, the number one question, Pastor Mike, how did you know that Rachel was the one? Come on, man, when you're in college, you're saved, you're single, you're searching, come on, somebody. Man, we were all scoping and hoping back in the day. How did you know? I mean, there's so many decisions. I don't want to mess up my life and marry the wrong one. How did you know Rachel was the right one? I said, well, listen, I first laid eyes on Rachel. I said, wow, that girl's fine. She started dating my best friend. I said, that ain't God. This is my version of the story. You can ask her her version later. I didn't God. Listen. Oh, you're going to be like that. You're going to date my best friend. You're going to date my best friend. Oh, okay. Girlfriend, I got to call a God on my life. I put the stud in Bible study. I'm not looking over this way. I'm not looking over this way right now. I'm going to keep it right here. Keep it right here. She didn't want to miss her miracle. So she got a revelation. Come on, somebody. True story is this, though. Rachel said, I'm not marrying you until I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Because she knew she needed power to put up with somebody like me. Listen, you, you, you can't be plus one until you're satisfied with just one. Come on, talk to me. Talk to me. The Holy Spirit will help you be complete in Christ. Once you're satisfied with just one, God says, okay, let's talk about plus one. Holy Spirit will talk to you about that. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says no. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says go. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says slow. Sometimes he says grow. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit's going to help you throttle some things. You know, some of you are making decisions by your flesh and not by the Spirit. And when you decide according to your feelings and your flesh, your world will fall apart. But if you listen to the Spirit, Romans 8, 14, the Bible says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Uh, hear, hear this. this is a powerful point. I want you to consider this. That every time Moses, remember when God told Moses to confront Pharaoh and said, you tell Pharaoh to let my people go. You've been in slavery for way too long. It is time for you to be free. I want you to leave Egypt. I want you to go worship me. Every time Moses went to Pharaoh and declared, he demanded, the Lord wants us to leave. Let us go. And and, And Pharaoh responded by saying what? No. Ten times Moses asked. Ten times Pharaoh said no. How did Moses handle a no? 
Well, he didn't walk back to God and say, God, listen, you're just making things. Hey, did you see what he did? I can't believe you set me up. God, I can't believe. I told him and I did everything just like you said. Listen, God was sovereign over all of it. In fact, every time, oh, watch this, watch this now. Every time Pharaoh said no, God did something supernatural. Ooh, here comes the frogs. Here comes the flies. Here comes the hailstorm. Here comes water turned to blood. Every time Moses got a no, God did something supernatural. Some of you need to be encouraged right now because the Holy Spirit is telling you no and you're pouting at God. And God's saying, no, no, no. If you'll just trust me, I will show up in the no and I will show off so that you will know I am God. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. The Holy Spirit is this fire for direction. I love it. You know, when the kids were little, I remember Alexa being maybe, oh goodness, five, six years old. She's 21, almost 22 now. She was down in the floor of our living room. She had her coloring books and crayons and markers and colored pencils everywhere. And I walked in and she said, Daddy, do do you know how to color? I said, well, I I think I do. She said, great, could, could you help me color some pictures here? I said, oh, okay. So I go to get down on my knees and get down on the floor with her. And then she said, well, wait, wait a second, Daddy. Can you stay in between the lines? I said, oh, I, I'm not sure. She said, how about you don't help me color? <laughs> Listen, for some of you, the Holy Spirit is coloring outside the lines. You've got a certain understanding and the Holy Spirit, come on now, he's coloring outside the lines. Don't get messed up because it didn't work out the way you thought. God has a better plan. You see, not only does God give us power, but he gives us direction. Let me finish this up. Are you receiving this today? Let me hustle. Let me hustle. Oh, goodness. I got to skip some of this. I got to, let's just skip on down. Well, I can't. Who give me five more minutes? Somebody give me five more minutes. 5, 10, 15, 20, 20. Okay, we got three hours. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 5. At that time, I'm going to hustle through this. You better listen fast. I'm going to ask the, the, the keys to come up and we'll close this out. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. You'll notice this. In further study, there were 17 nationalities represented. 70, read Acts chapter two, 17 different people groups, very different, very diverse, yet the Holy Spirit was for everyone. You see, my, my fear is that the church has taken the topic of the Holy Spirit and we use it to label and to divide. But yet God sent the Holy Spirit to unite and empower uh, we say, you know, whoa, whoa, you don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't speak in tongues. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, wait, you do speak in tongues? Oh, my. And we get so divisive about this person of the Holy Spirit who shows up to give us power and to give us direction, but ultimately, watch this, but to also give us change that we desperately need. God said, I'm going to give you something that's going to help you make some changes in your life. How many need to make a few changes in your life? Notice what it says here, verse 12. There were some that were amazed and they were perplexed. What can all this mean? 
I don't understand it. What does it mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them saying, <laughs> they're just drunk. They got no other way to explain it. All of the craziness, they've just been drinking way too much. You know, there's an influence that we come under through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's an influence. Now, the world will try to camouflage it, and the only way that they could explain it 2,000 years ago well, man, these people have just had, they're just wasted. They're toast. They, they're just smashed. They, that was their only explanation. But yet there was something authentic happening that they just didn't understand. I got to thinking about the effects of alcohol, some characteristics of, of being intoxicated. I didn't, I didn't have any personal experience, so I had to ask some of the pastors on our staff, what? You'll be glad to know that we are well-versed on this staff. Some of you have been to tailgate parties. Some of you have been to different settings. And, man, you know, you know the effects that alcohol has on somebody. Somebody that was an introvert. Now, all of a sudden, they're an extrovert. Hey! What's up? Like, oh, my goodness, who is that? You know, somebody that used to be real timid and shy, now it's like they're bold. They're laughing at everything. They're speaking whatever. Hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit will enter into your life and give you a boldness. You know, my biggest regret, I want to tell you this, my biggest regret coming up in my teenage years, in my early years in ministry, my teens and 20s, my biggest regret, my number one regret, you know what it was? I cared too much about what other people thought. I really did, y'all. Listen, that is a bondage. It's a bondage when you're trying to please everyone. I was killing myself trying to keep everybody happy. Anybody know anything about that? I didn't want to misspeak, didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, didn't want to disappoint anybody, and I just, I was in bondage by the approval of other people. Well, what will they say? What will they think? What will they do? Listen, who are they? And why are you letting they rule your life? Listen, they didn't save you. They didn't heal you. They didn't forgive you. They didn't redeem you. They didn't set you free. It's God and God alone. Don't be talking to me about your devil. My goodness, I'm talking to you about my Jesus. I ain't scared, I ain't shamed. Oh my goodness. And man, the, the Holy Spirit broke that bondage off of me. Now, I'm not saying you have to be obnoxious, but you can be bold and strong in your conviction. You can love people with great compassion, and you can be firm with deep conviction. You see, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you, and I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God comes in, there is such dramatic change, radical transformation. These disciples who were weak and they were cowardly eventually turned the world upside down.
You know why? Because the Holy Spirit was in them. Can I have a good amen? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.